Welcome to the GMAT Strategy Podcast. You're here because you believe there's a better way to study for the GMAT, and so do I. I created the GMAT Strategy to maximize your results and minimize your efforts so you can get to the fun parts about business school and life as quickly as possible. My name is Isaac Puglia, and I've been teaching GMAT classes and tutoring privately for the GMAT for over six years, and I personally have achieved a 99th percentile score on an official GMAT exam and helped hundreds of students get into the business schools of their choice. I'm excited to be a part of your MBA journey since I think the world can benefit from the best possible business leaders that we can find. And if this show is bringing you value, please share it with your friends and family who are studying for the GMAT so that together we can make this process as easy and painless for as many people as we possibly can. Let's go. Today, I want to help you make your study time more efficient using a technique called interleaving. When you're learning a new skill, there are essentially two different methods of practicing it. One is called blocked practice. And in a blocked practice session, what you're doing is just studying a bunch of the same thing for an extended period of time. So imagine you're learning how to play tennis. In a blocked practice section on your forehand, you would just practice hitting forehand strokes for an hour straight or 30 minutes straight, something like that. Blocked practice tends to work the best when you don't know anything or very much about a certain topic. And this goes for athletic skills and also when you're studying intellectual concepts such as GMAT content. So the first time you're learning about data sufficiency questions or the first time you're learning about critical reasoning questions, blocked practice can be valuable because you can immerse yourself in the topic until you feel that you have a reasonable understanding of the basics. But once you're relatively familiar with the basic elements of a skill or a concept, the ideal way to practice is actually to mix things up a little bit more and combine several skills within one practice section. And that's what interleaving is all about. I'm gonna link some valuable articles explaining in more depth what interleaving is and linking to some of the research that supports it in the description of this podcast. So if you're curious, go ahead and click those links and I encourage you to check that out. There's also a little bit more advice about how you can incorporate this into your studying or skill building in general. Here I'm gonna focus on the GMAT. Now, quick caveat before we get deeper into this, the most important thing when you're preparing for the GMAT is just to study at all. (laughs) So if you're really struggling with just getting in a groove and staying consistent, then just keep that as easy as you can possibly keep it for now and just make your study sessions organized in a way that works for you, that makes it it as painless as possible so that you can build some momentum. But once you have some momentum and you feel like you're already in a groove and you want to take things to the next level, then interleaving is a great way to do that. Now, the simplest way to do this if you're studying for both math and verbal at the same time is, let's say you're studying for two hours, you would do 30 minutes of quant, and then you would switch over to verbal, do 30 minutes of verbal, and then you would switch back over to quant for 30 minutes, and then you would finish with 30 minutes of verbal. That would be a very simple way of structuring your study session so that it's interleaved, which means that you're focusing on a topic, 
you're switching over to a different topic and then you're switching either to a third different topic or back to the original topic that you were studying previously. This type of structuring can work very well with the Pomodoro technique, which I've discussed in previous podcasts and that I also discuss in the GMAT strategy digital video class. The interesting thing about interleaving is that it will likely feel much harder while you're doing it versus blocked practice. And this is particularly true if you've been doing blocked practice for most or all of your life as a student, and many of us have. Interleaving and the associated research is relatively new on the scene. So don't stress if during your practice session you're feeling like, hmm, maybe this isn't going as well as I would like to. I'm not feeling like I'm grasping the material quite as well as if I spent just an hour straight on geometry versus 30 minutes on geometry, 30 minutes on sentence correction, and then back to 30 minutes with geometry. Most people report that at the end of an interleaved study session, they feel like they haven't made as much progress. However, when they are tested on that material days, weeks, or months later, they tend to perform significantly better versus people who just do blocked practice who feel a little bit better in the moment, but perform worse in the long run. And let's be honest with ourselves, at the end of the day, what we're really optimizing for here ideally is a great score on test day, not necessarily feeling great throughout the process. Obviously, we want to feel as good as we possibly can through the process, but a little bit of less confidence in your study session at the end of it, gauged against a higher performance on test day or being able to hit that performance sooner, definitely seems worth it to me, and I encourage you to try it out. Now, there are many, many different options for the way you can interleave your study session, so we'll just kick through a few, but I encourage you to be creative. And if you're really not sure how to do this, you can feel free to reach out to me at the GMAT Strategy on Instagram, slash the GMAT Strategy on Facebook, and slash the GMAT Strategy on Reddit. Now, let's say you're only studying math or you're only working on verbal because either your math score is already high enough or your verbal score is already high enough then a good way to interleave your study session would be to switch between problem types. So instead of just one critical reasoning session on one day and then the next day moving to sentence correction and spending an hour on that, it would be wiser to spend 30 minutes on sentence correction and then 30 minutes on critical reasoning and then maybe 10 minutes at the end on reading comp if that's already a strength area for you. And that way you can get some switching back and forth in your study session. Now, just like I gave an example of, it's totally fine to devote more time to one particular subject, but you still want to find ways to mix it up. So, for example, if you need a lot more work on critical reasoning than you do on sentence correction and reading comp, a great way to organize an hour might be 30 minutes of critical reasoning study and then 10 minutes of sentence correction, 10 minutes of reading comp, and then finishing with 10 minutes of critical reasoning at the end. Or maybe kicking off with 20 minutes of critical reasoning, then doing 10 minutes of sentence correction, 10 minutes of reading comp in the middle of the study session, and then finishing with 20 minutes of critical reasoning. It's a simple way to add more efficacy and more efficiency to your study. Side note that is important is that interleaving tends to work best when your skills are related. Now, the good news for us is that pretty much every skill is related on the GMAT. So whether you're practicing timing at one point of your study session, Uh, and then switching over to just pure content study, like focusing on polygons for an hour, and then coming back to timing or doing some light review at the end of your study session. Everything's related for the GMAT. This also goes for when you're reviewing practice tests. So I'd recommend switching back and forth in different time blocks, let's say doing 30 minutes of quant at the beginning, 
getting through a few problems there, and then switching over to verbal, doing a little bit of verbal review, and then switching back to the quant section, etc., etc., throughout the study session and throughout the week. Another great way to incorporate some interleaving is making sure that you're doing some review at the beginning of your study session, and then maybe even fitting in a short review period in the middle of the study session as a bit of a break from a certain topic or near the end as well. So let's say you do some flashcard studying if you're working on memorizing formulas or memorizing some sentence correction rules, and then you do some work out of a content book and you're going through the book, studying, building up your knowledge, taking notes, and then you go back to flashcards, reviewing what you've done from the previous day, and then you switch back over to working through your book or working through a different book at the end of the study session. What's interesting is even if you don't take breaks while you're interleaving your practice, just studying a different topic tends to give you a similar effect as a break would. Now, it's not an excuse to push yourself too hard because we don't want to waste any valuable study time. So make sure that you are taking adequate breaks. And usually what I recommend there is at least an hour break for every two hours of studying that you do. But for different people at different times of the year, at different times of the day, that's going to vary. So I would trust your judgment on that. Now, this also works well when you're doing timed practice. So if you're going to do some timed sets, I'd recommend doing... Let's say, if, let's say you're going to do 10 math questions in 20 minutes, you would do five problem-solving questions and then switch over to five data sufficiency questions, or vice versa. Similarly, when you're practicing verbal, you might want to switch it up between different topics or maybe even different difficulty levels in your time set. But it probably works best to do different topics, so maybe doing five critical reasoning questions and then finishing with five reading comps. That'll usually, in the long run, according to research, net you better results than just doing 10 critical reasoning questions in a row. It's also a little bit more like the actual exam itself, and the purpose of time sets practice usually is to simulate as best as possible what it'll feel like during a real exam. Now again, this is most effective when you're already familiar, so after the first couple weeks of studying at the very maximum, I would say, when you've already familiarized yourself with the basic concepts and taken a diagnostic test, then even if you're just at the beginning of your prep and you're using books or you're going through a class and doing homework, try to mix up the assignment that you've been given because a lot of classes don't inter interleave their assignments. They just give you everything in one big block. And it's usually wise to structure your studies, like I said, at the beginning. So let's say you've got 50 official guide problems assigned in your class and in a certain week of study, then the wisest move would be, let me do 10 problems on Monday night from math and then 10 problems from uh, verbal on Monday night, and that'll be my one-hour study session, something like that. Or if you're just doing math, doing 10 minutes of problem-solving questions and then 10 minutes of data sufficiency. Or if it's topic by topic, uh, half an hour of exponents and then half an hour of geometry and then half an hour of algebra, something like that. You get the idea, hopefully. Now, again, just you'll probably feel slower when you're going through this stuff, but you will get used to it as you do it more. It's a little bit uncomfortable the first few times you've done it if you're used to blocked practice. And just keep in mind that that sort of pain that you're feeling or that uh, discomfort is a symptom of the effort that you're putting in and is likely a signal that you're optimizing your study routine as best as you can. Now, again, I'll just reiterate, if this is overwhelming and you're already having trouble sticking to your study routine, just don't try any fancy techniques. Just make sure that you establish a solid groove first because that is infinitely, infinitely more important. Here with interleaving, we're talking about maybe a 10 to 20% improvement over the course of your studies, which all else being equal, you would like. 
But if you're not studying or you're getting overwhelmed by interleaving and that's making you not study, then now your, your, your odds of increasing your score go down significantly. And you know, 10% improvement on 5% of the theoretical effort you could be putting in is not going to get you nearly as far as a 0% increase on 90% of the effort that you could theoretically be putting in. So keep in mind, consistency over time is generally what trumps almost everything else in terms of GMAT prep, assuming you're getting reasonable sleep and reasonable nutrition. Now, as always, my greatest hope is that this information will make your studies as easy and as painless as they can possibly be. If you'd like more tips and strategies for optimizing your performance on the GMAT, just click the link in the description of this podcast and head to my website, thegmatstrategy.com, and check out my free video presentation on how to achieve your dream GMAT score in half the normal time and with half the normal effort. In the meantime, this is a weekly show, so please subscribe and stay positive and stay consistent with your studies. I'll talk to you soon.